Hi there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. And oh boy, if you need some backup and something to read to support that, you're in luck. I have a new book coming out. Now, if you have been with me for a while, you know this. You know this. I have been talking about it for a while, but I have a new book called Your Worthy Body, Find Freedom and Health by Breaking All the Rules that uh, is launching on Thursday, November 4th. This is airing Tuesday, November 2nd. And I wanted to give you a sneak peek. You know, one of the great things about self-publishing is I can do whatever I want. And one of the things I want to do is read this introduction for you. I have had a lot of conversations with other podcast guests who were so gracious to host me and uh, talk about the book and talk about the message. And one thing I have said recently is if you are looking for a step-by-step plan, or a how-to book on uh, taking care of yourself, uh, specifically weight loss, or what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, this is not for you. It's just not, I'm sorry. But what I have done is I have gathered all of these health quote-unquote rules that we have heard either from the morning shows or maybe various forms on the internet, whether it's social media or BuzzFeed or anything else. Maybe it's things that we have heard in the gyms or have told ourselves. And I take all of these 22 rules and I break them using exercise science and nutrition science. I do this all through a lens of faith because uh, my faith is very important to me. I shared that over in my last episode or two episodes ago, the Graced Health podcast statement of values. If you haven't listened to that, that's a great place to start if you happen to be new here. But this book is heavily researched, heavily. (laughs) In fact, there are nine pages worth of sources cited. Part of this process, I have learned that I hate citing sources. Obviously, I need to do that. I need to stay uh, legitimate and give credit where credit is due. But man alive, I tell you what, this took me back to like, I don't even know what grade. Was it sixth grade? Something like that when we had to learn to cite sources correctly. And of course, it's different whether or not it's a book or a journal or an online article. And I learned way more than I (laughs) ever planned on learning. I told my editor at one point, I said, I hate sources. I hate them. I mean, I love them, obviously. But boy, I tell you what, that was a, a tough process to make sure that those all went well and that they were that the links were correct at the end of the day. And if I ever do this again, or when I do this again, I'm going to have to figure out a different process than I did the first thing or the first with this one. Okay, so really quickly, I want to tell you a few things about this book. So like I said, it is breaking these rules that we have heard for way, way too long. I had a few things in mind when I wanted to create this, and I had a fantastic, phenomenal interior designer, and she and I kind of worked through some of this stuff. So when I say it's a beautiful book, it is 
a beautiful book, particularly on the inside, well, on the inside and on the outside. And I can say that because I had people help me with the inside and the outside. But when I was talking with my interior designer, I said, look, this is the deal. This book is written for women like 35 to 55. Obviously, there's not, you can be younger than 35, you can be older than 55. But that's just kind of the general audience. And I said, I'm 46. And this is what I know, my eyesight is not as good as it used to be. So I do not want to have a book that has this teeny tiny print that I can't read. Depending on how your sight is, that may resonate with you or it may not. But one of the things that she and I worked on or that she was able to implement was she did not make the font size too small. In fact, she kept it a little bigger and not. this is not large print. <laughs> Don't don't worry. I'm not insulting anyone here. It's not large print. It's just a nice, comfortable size to read. And then she also spread out the lines a little bit. So the line height is just a titch bigger. Again, just easier on the eyes. So whether or not you wear glasses, you wear readers, I know a lot of us are wearing readers when we read, this should make it easier for you to actually read. Another thing I did was make a lot of natural breaks. I do most of my reading at night in bed. I'm just, it's a great way for me to wind my brain down. Even though I'm reading, it's just a good way for me to wind down, wind my body down. And you never know. I mean, I can go in the span of about 30 seconds to alert to falling asleep. So I wanted to give my reader plenty of natural spaces or places to just put the bookmark in and be done and feel like you've come to a stopping point. Part of this just really came quite naturally in terms of the points that I'm trying to make. I do tend to think in bullets <laughs> and points and sections. And so there are a lot of just different sections in this book where you can just really you're not going to read more than a page or two without having some sort of a natural break in whatever I'm trying, whatever point I'm trying to make and how that's separated out. So again, that's just a little, that's just kind of a small thing, but it's something that I was aware of because I know that sometimes I need natural breaks or even if I get interrupted, you can just say, Hey, hold on just a second. And then you can stop relatively easily and, and kind of know where you are and not lose your place, at least in your mind. Then at the end of every section or of every chapter, I have two things. One is I have something called the simple take. And that is I take the concept of the chapter, or maybe one major point, and I take it out into the simple take, which I also do on those monthly newsletters or monthly journals that I send out. And it's that's what I want you to remember. It may not be the entire message of the chapter, but if it's like, hey, if there's one simple thing that I want you to remember, this is it. And I'm, my hope is that it just kind of stays with you longer. And then when people say, well, what is this book about? You can bring that back into up to memory and say, oh, well, it, she talked about this or she was talking about that. And again, just something that's easy to remember. Then within most chapters, I think maybe there are five that don't have them. And most of that is at the very beginning of the book. But I have a resource. So at the end of these chapters, these are resources that support the message of the book. Some of them are recipes, some of them are charts, or journal entries, or maybe some metrics to write down. 
I have a lot of fitness related resources. So maybe I have a five minute warm up or cool down. I have a full length mobility set. And if you're not familiar with mobility, I really hope that you try this when we're done or when you read it. I have a 20 minute HIIT workout. I have a 30 minute full body strength workout, all kinds of things that you can do on your own. And if you're thinking, oh gosh, well, I'm not really sure how to do any of this, then guess what? Good news. I have a QR code within the book that you can scan and go to a free online resource where it has everything. You can print off the recipes, you can print off the journal prompts, you can do a five minute warm up with me, you can do the mobility with me. If you're not sure what I mean, when I talk about the different strength movements that you can do, you can you can learn it. And I and I have that on you. I really wanted to give you some very applicable information that you could just implement as soon as possible and, and start figuring out how to take care of your unique body the best way that you can and in the way that you were designed. Okay, so with that, what I'm going to do is pull up my author copy, and I am going to read you the introduction. And stick with me too, by the way, because at the end of this, I have a little secret to share with you. So make sure you stick around. I think this is the first time I know this is the first time actually I have read the introduction uh, in the fullest, most complete version. So here we go. And by the way, I'm just going through this, I'm not going to clean it up yet. So Just give me a little grace because I'm sure I will mess some things up. Your Worthy Body Introduction Does this scenario sound familiar? I spent much of my formative years comparing my body to someone else's. And by the word formative, I mean until about 10 years ago. Whether it was overhearing another teen girl discussing her size or assessing the bodies in the group fitness mirror, I developed the habit for running an almost constant unconscious analysis of my size compared to someone else's. And that habit began with a familiar scene, magazine cutouts on a mirror. The bathroom mirror of my high school years held a cutout of a swimsuit model, quote, for inspiration. Just like I couldn't transform my green eyes to her chestnut hue, I couldn't achieve her hourglass figure either. Don't get me wrong, I tried. I pulled out VHS tapes and felt the burn with chipper women who used copious amounts of hairspray. I jumped on the scale in the middle of the exercise tape to see if I'd lost weight yet, and for some reason was always surprised and disappointed when I hadn't. As I got older, The picture for inspiration was removed, but the goal remained taped in my mind. I spent the better part of my 20s wanting the kind of abs that go well with a belly button ring. I kept waiting and working for those abs before pulling the piercing trigger. It never happened. After popping out two babies in 20 months, I spent my early 30s trying to be a hot mom. My husband told me, and still tells me, I was both a hot mom and a sexy wife, but I didn't believe it. As my littles grew, my time became became more flexible. I filled that space with teaching fitness classes, running, and anything else to work off the calories I shamefully ingested. Perfect eating and my imperfect body occupied more space in my brain than I care to admit. Maybe you have felt the same conflict too. 
I'm sure your story isn't the same, but between the inspirational cutouts, obsessive weight checks, and guilt-ridden eating, perhaps you feel something echo within your own life. If so, you're in the right place. While I was investing my time growing as a fitness professional, I began doing the same for my spirituality by devoting more time with God. My weekly Bible studies intensified my faith, my church provided lessons in growing my relationship with Jesus, and my morning quiet time with Him became more sacred. In hindsight, I think that was God teeing me up to hear His gentle whisper. You're spending more time thinking about the food you're going to eat and the exercise you're going to do than you are about me. I wish I could say I immediately dropped my obsession with eating perfectly and having a hashtag fitspiration body. Instead, that whispered planted planted a mustard-sized seed. It took time, but eventually that seed took root and began growing into something new. God was giving me a new way to live a healthy life, but without shame and self-loathing. The words of Isaiah come to mind. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Isaiah 43, 19. God gave me a new focus. He took me from wandering the wilderness of perfection to greener pastures of grace. He's given this to me in my personal and professional fitness path. My career as a fitness professional began as a new mom who wanted to create a program to work out with my baby. That baby is 16 now. Just like he's grown from a 20-inch bubbly baby to a 6-foot-2 witty young man, my teaching and training philosophy has changed. Early on, much of my energy aimed at following all the health rules I read about and saw on the morning shows. I foolishly assumed my clients desired the same. I sensed something different from my older clients, though I could never put my finger on it. Now that I'd be considered an older client, I get it. Health isn't just about looking a certain way. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a static adjective, hot, fit, perfect. It's a verb. It's a fluid behavior and attitude. My ideal health has changed as I've aged. I bet yours has too. I liken the word health to the Greek word agape or love in the Bible. Agape love is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. What if we swap the words agape love for health in that definition? Health is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of another. Our health is less concerned with how we look and more about being physically equipped to love others. This falls right in line with a sermon I heard that changed everything I understood about health. We take care of our bodies so we can do what we are called to do. We'll dig into this idea more in Your Body Works For You. Now, whether I'm training middle school girls or empty nester women, I'm acutely aware of my language and message. No longer do I market, new year, new you, because what was wrong with you in December? I don't speak of the F word, fat, or audibly lament the extra pounds I may be carrying. Instead, I ask my clients to tune in to how they feel while exercising. I want them to notice the muscles they are working. My conversation with teen girls revolves around finding joy in their movement or exploring why we move the way we do. 
Most of my adult women are over 40. It's not unusual for them to work around cranky knees, creaky backs, or other complaining body parts. So do I. The exercises we do strengthen weak areas to prevent injury and promote mobility, not to lose a quick pound. This new thing also gave me a new perspective on the health and fitness industry. Yes, the industry inspires and motivates others to move and eat well. Unfortunately, the ads, messaging, and even challenges create a side effect. Shame. Shame researcher and author Dr. Brene Brown defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Somewhere along the way, the fitness industry has told us if we don't execute the rules perfectly, we aren't enough. Lose more weight, lift more pounds, run farther, get your diet right, eat this new plan last year's was wrong. But dig a few layers in and you'll find it causes a fragile core, and I don't mean muscles, that rely on adherence to rules to tell us if what we are doing is enough. We don't feel like we're doing enough when we don't exercise for a full hour. Our daily food intake isn't perfectly executed. We miss a workout. We eat carbs. The horror. These rules have overtaken our definition of success. When we see that morning show segment or read the BuzzFeed article containing any superlative, best, most, or anything ending in est, we file that in the goals category. Best is acceptable. Anything less is not. Then when our best workout for weight loss is cut short because our child wants to open up at about an issue or perfect weeknight meal is a flop and we pull out a frozen pizza, we feel like a failure. Perhaps we even feel unworthy of our fitness, food, or body. I'm here to stop the madness. You are worthy. Your effort is worthy. Your body is most certainly worthy. And you don't need man-made rules to live out this truth. I hope you see by now, this isn't your typical health and fitness book. Within each chapter of this book, I take a rule set forth by the health industry, social media, and perhaps even ourselves, and rebuke or refine that rule with science and or scripture. Each of these rules is part of my story, and one I previously tried to keep. Do you need to break all of these rules as well? Not at all. But I do encourage you to take stock of what you hold true and why. Most chapters have applicable resources. My dad taught me long ago to never present a problem without also providing a solution. In the upcoming pages, I'll provide a rule to break and some ways you can tweak that rule to make it work for you. Or as in the chapter past the bucket, I'll give you recipes and tools to prevent the need for one. The end of this chapter holds a QR code that will take you directly to the online resource guide where you can download or view everything in one place. Whether or not you utilize these resources, I want to empower you to figure out what kind of moving and eating is best for you. As I said, this is not a manual or a quick fix guide. Consider it a choose-your-own-adventure book in which you are control of your next steps. And the best part about those books, if you don't like where you're heading, you can go back and change your path. You can do the same with this book. 
In this book, you're given plenty of information and options to make the next right choice for you. And yes, you'll see that my story and perspective is presented through the lens of my faith. But no matter how or if faith is part of your story, there is room for you in these pages. You are welcome on this journey. One more thing. This is not a book of my meandering daydreams. It's a culmination of nearly 20 years as a fitness professional and exercise science and nutrition geek. I feel like this is also the time to acknowledge there are many fitness leaders and registered dietitians who have more letters and education after their names than me. Some of these leaders are mentioned throughout the book. I honor and respect their work. The research they provide enables me to bring you a condensed version of the countless studies and books they produce. While I may act like a know-it-all, in fact, I do not know it all. Also true in about every other area of my life. But I keep learning and reading and gathering information to pass on to you. Part of my learning process resulted in an unintended consequence. I am more gentle with myself. Yes, you you read that correctly. I've become more gentle in my expectations, workouts, and body image. Most importantly, I've learned to give myself grace and enjoy the process rather than fixate on an unattainable goal. I want that for you, too. It's glorious. What I promise you'll receive from this book are balance, freedom, and grace. When you close this book for the final time, you will have science and scripture-backed ways to find those. You'll be confident to move and fuel your body in a way that works for you and how God made you. You'll have plenty of resources nestled in most chapters to do this. And I pray, oh, oh, I pray that you have a renewed spirit and mind in your movement, nutrition, and body. Ready? Let's dig into science and scripture to discover the grace and freedom God has for us. And yes, you can grab a little bit of chocolate for the trip. There you have it. The introduction. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I promised you a secret at the end of this. So here's my secret. I have been planning on a November 4th launch date for Your Worthy Body for months. All of my timelines, all of my communications with the editors, all of the communications with the creative team, I mean, everything has been revolving around November 4th. Well, a couple weeks ago, as I was preparing everything and uploading the book and the PDF version to Amazon, I messed up. I did something wrong. I still don't know what it was. And I woke up the next morning. It was a Saturday morning. I pulled out my phone and looked at it. I was still laying in bed, which I hardly ever do. But I looked at my email and I received an email on Saturday, October 16th at 6.53 a.m. that said, your book, Your Worthy Body, is available for purchase on Amazon. Ah! (laughs) So it has been sitting out there in the universe of Amazon uh, for like almost two weeks. It is available. So if you are listening to this, I'm going to put the link to purchase it in the show notes. However, 
I'm still promoting it as a November 4th launch date. I have a celebration planned with some of the people who have been an intricate part of this book in one way or another. I have a pre-order available now for the ebook that that will go live on November 4th. And so I'm just continuing on. But if you're listening to this, if you heard the introduction and you think, man, I really want to get this, good news, you can go get it. <laughs> So live and learn, you know, I have been just doing this on my own and figuring it out. I still don't know what I did wrong. And I really wish I could figure out what I did wrong for the next time that I have a book. But regardless, Your Worthy Body is available. The link is in the show notes. And I can't wait for you to read it. And then when you do, by the way, if you could leave a review on Amazon, that is really, really helpful, especially since Amazon thinks that nobody wants to read this since it's been sitting out there in the universe for two weeks. <laughs> so that would really be um, be valuable and helpful. And I would be so grateful for that. So go check it out links in the show notes. And that is all for today. Go out there and have a great day. Oh.